0: Episode 116, Steve Garine, founder and CEO
1: of SongShop. I think my favorite mistake would be going into the music industry, starting a band, and thinking that I would just have my songs on the radio.
0: I'm Mark Rabin. This is My Favorite Mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes, but what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is a place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. For links, show notes, and more, please go to markgraven.com mistake116. As always, thanks for listening. Here's the episode. And our guest today is Steve Garine. He is a musician and he's an entrepreneur. So before I tell you a little bit more about Steve, let me say, welcome. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm really excited to chat with you today.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. Um, So it'd be good to explore, you know, as we always do, your favorite mistake story. And there's a lot to talk about on music, entrepreneurship, I'm tell you a little bit more about Stephen. He was the lead singer of a country band called Aces Wild, and he's now the founder and CEO of Song Shop. It's a a platform that connects musical artists with independent songwriters, so they can turn their catalogs into profit via licensing opportunities. So, just first off, that sounds like uh, I mean, I can see why you got into that, right? You're you're not just a singer; you've been a songwriter, I assume.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I've been a songwriter, and then in my time. Um, in the country music scene, I really took a passion for the business side of things. I kind of was always that guy for our band. So, I mean, it was a very natural progression.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's something you said for starting a business in a field or an industry or in a domain that that you know well and you're passionate about. I'm sure that both mm-hmm. of those are true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of, it really helped blend my two passions with, you know, being a musician and a songwriter and loving music. And then the business side of things—it's kind of just been a very interesting way to web everything together into one, into one thing that I came up with. So that's it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. So looking back at the different things you're done, I'm curious what realm or what part of your career the story is going to come from. Um, but you know, what would you say is your favorite mistake?
1: You know. That was a really hard question for me to answer when we first booked this thing. But in thinking on it a little bit more, I think my favorite mistake would be going into the music industry, starting a band and thinking that I would just have my songs on the radio. Like like it wasn't that hard. Like this is just I'm just going to start a band. I'm going to, you know, hit the studio and it's all going to be hunky dory. I'll have a record label or a record deal in, you know, three years, (laughs) Um, which could not have been further from the truth. But I mean, it led me down so many amazing paths, and looking back, it is definitely my favorite mistake I've made this far.
0: So it'd be you know, interesting to hear a little more about that. I mean, when when did you start the band? You, you seem relatively young, so was this um, um I started your first thing you pursued.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, not my first musical thing I pursued, but it wasn't very late. Very, it was very early on. Um, I guess we got our start. It would have been eight or nine years ago now and we actually all met through um a Kijiji ad like an online classifieds ad just some folks that were looking to put a country band together and um one of those guys that I met through there actually a few of them are lifelong friends one of them is one of my best friends and just really interesting the way that the internet can bring people together and kind of create things that that maybe you wouldn't be able to connect with before
0: well, I think back, boy, back in the day, like when when I was a kid, I took drum lessons in a music store. Um, I wasn't really looking for a career to be a rock drummer, but my my music teacher who taught me all kinds of drumming basics. I mean, he was he wasn't like hair band scene. <laughs> and I remember being in that music store. There would be a bulletin board with paper. Like this is, I think, how it was like. Looking for a bass player, and you you would hope that that person walked into one of these places that had a bulletin board. That's yep. like the late eighties, yep. how it was, and done. they had
1: all the phone numbers and slots, and you would have to rip <laughs> a little tab off. To go it's on. like if
0: it was a lost dog, yeah, uh, tear off yeah. the tag and same thing. Um, <laughs> um, so finding you know people through the internet. I mean, it sounds like that wasn't the mistake. Like who you were doing it with. You no. said a really good friend and the others. That was fine.
1: Yeah, the mistake, I guess, was in my own mind, where I thought that we would just put this thing together, and everything would just naturally fall into place, and you would get discovered, as they say, by some some big shot who's going to put you on a big stage and get you on the radio and all that stuff. So, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a physical mistake, per se, but it was a mistake in the way that I thought things were going to play out, and my... My perception of what I thought things were, I, I had a very, very hard reality check not not long after that. So.
0: so it's interesting to think about connections to entrepreneurship that you're involved in now, Stephen. I mean, like in any mm-hmm. new band, I don't know if you were thinking about it at the time, a band is a startup in a way.
1: Exactly. And, you know, we were really fortunate um, to have that mindset early on because lots of independent bands and artists don't have that mindset early on. They think they really just focus on the art side and the music side, right. And they don't really put much thought into themselves being a business or may I say even a brand. Lots of people don't like that word because you're not a brand. I'm a, you know, but I mean, that's what you are. So we were, we were fortunate that we kind of had that mentality when we started off. And I think that's what really, I guess propelled me going forward into learning so much about the music industry and the business side of things that I did because I mean I had this this theory in my head that it wasn't like that but I had a few good mentors set me straight within the first you know year or two it was like no like you are you're running a business you have to learn how to run a business and then that's kind of when I shifted my mindset and I was like okay like this isn't just about you know playing in bars till 1 in the morning and Getting a record deal and going on tour there's a little bit yeah. more to it than that yeah
0: so it's interesting you bring up the idea of mentors i wonder how many musicians uh or bands have a mentor like how do you learn you you know you're, you're you're starting a band you're in the garage is um, kind of tip. Well, it's, it's funny bands start in garages and a lot of startups <laughs> started garages that that's funny um uh-huh. sorry to laugh at my own joke or observation that's a, that's a mistake but i mean how how do you learn the basics of how do you book gigs at a bar how do you do recording how do you try to get introduced to uh, a record label or or do you even have to do that versus just publishing independently
1: yeah i mean that's a really big question on its own but as far as the mentoring thing um i think Depending, I mean, depending where you are, I don't know how it is everywhere, but I was very fortunate to have a very good music community. Um, Our small city had an awesome community. There's tons of resources. And um, I guess the best way to sum it up is uh, is a line from a Tim McGraw song where he says, when you get where you go, when you get where you're going, don't forget to turn back around and help the next one in line. And that's kind of exactly how it works. Um, There's people that are further along than you. And everybody was just so willing to, you know, lend some knowledge, lend an ear, let you ask them questions. And we had this amazing organization. They're actually called Creative Sask and Sask Music. Um, They're pretty much one of a kind. And they're just filled with the most helpful, the most kind people that will answer any question you may have, whether you're going into a local studio or booking a tour in Europe, like they are, they'll be by your side the whole time. And so it was just really cool to have that kind of mentorship wherever we went because honestly I don't think lots of places have that sort of thing so it was uh, something that I'm very grateful for now for sure
0: yeah yeah um, so do you remember was there a moment Steve or was was there some evolution where like you said your your hypothesis coming into it was that um, exposure fame what have you would come relatively quickly what mm-hmm. did a mentor sort of break it to you that hey you know the it, it's sort of like, uh, somebody who plays, um, you know, here in the U.S., um, college football, a large percentage probably think they're going to play in the NFL. The reality mm-hmm. is mm, not really. You know, did you have somebody sort of break it to you or did you just discover, oh, gosh, it's taking longer?
1: I think it was more more of a discovery myself because, like I said, I never really – I never voiced this to other people per se. But it was a, a, probably over the course of a year or two that I was like, oh, I like this. This isn't happening. And then I kind of got on the um, more of the downside for a little bit where maybe I didn't think that it was, you know, it wasn't for me because, you know, all the reasons that might go through your head while you're doubting yourself. But then you got to remember why you got into it in the first place. It wasn't to be famous and play Coachella. It was to it was because you love music. Right. And so once I got back to the roots of that and then we started building as a business, it became a lot more fun. And then that's when my learning and growth really started.
0: And, and again, it seems like there are so many parallels to entrepreneurship with, let's say, a website and a software company. Um, if, if it's not happening, meaning the market traction or growth. To step back and ask why, you know, do you need to make adjustments you know the the, the trendy language and the lean startup movement is to talk about a pivot, right? So you think of like a band for a minute, and then we're, you know, we'll come talk more about song shop because I think there's a lot to explore there. Do you step back and wonder everything from is the like do I how mean how many bands? I'm curious. Like, do you change the name of the band? Do you do you shift genres or are there mm-hmm. are there tweaks to the music versus tweaks
1: to the marketing of it? So I guess we kind of did. Multiple things in that realm. Um there was tweaks to the band members, and there was then tweaks to how we were going to go about things. We kind of decided that we the the remaining members wanted to try to do actually try to do this. Like you know we were we're we're not just gonna you know play shows here and there and think that we're like we're going to figure out how to actually get a song on the radio and what does it take? And we kind of buckled down. We made some business plans. Um, we recorded some really good material, some really high quality material and hired the right people and did the right things. And then all of a sudden, holy man, we have a song that's in the top 100 at country radio. And it took I mean, it's, it's obviously not that easy, <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of the short version of it. We we had a pivot, like you say, and we really shifted how we were doing things and focused on running things more like a business than just a garage band. Not that there's anything wrong with garage bands. They're a hell of a good time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But there's,
1: um,
0: yeah, there's, there's, there's music, the art, and then there's the music business or the music industry. And, and, and Mm -hmm. I think of parallels again, like one of my previous guests uh, here on the podcast, Dr. Kelly Henry, who is a chiropractor. And I did another episode with a psychologist, and I've talked to other medical professionals just through my own work. They learn the, the 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 art and science and craft of medicine, or chiropractic medicine, or what have you. They're not taught the business of how to open up and run a practice in medical school. So I think of mm-hmm. you know even people who study uh, music formally. At a conservatory, or uh, or you know, different um, thing of like a, a guy I know from high school that went to you know study jazz at um, the Berklee College of Music in Boston. You know, I'd, I'd be curious if there's been an evolution of how much they teach the business versus just mm-hmm. uh, you know. This might be this trap of thing like, well, if I'm uh, the, the the best technical musician, therefore I'm going to get the most gigs. That would be like a software company saying, if I have the tech- best technology, therefore I'm going to win mm-hmm. in the market. There might be bad, bad yeah. assumptions or opportunities for learning and growth. What, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, on that, on that side of things, um, if you don't have a business side of your band or your, your art, you don't really have anything. We kind of always were told that's, you know, 80, 20 business to music. Maybe today it's even 90, 10, just because of the way that the world is and you can you don't even need to be the best singer or have the best songs. If you've had a, a great marketing plan and a great business plan, you're going to get way further ahead because you know how to get your music into the ears of new listeners. And that's ultimately, I mean, it's ultimately what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to gain new fans, new listeners. And that's that's marketing, that's business. So it's super important.
0: Yeah. So when you were trying to figure out how, you know, to to tweak the band as as you said, like did you get any specific feedback of I, like uh, well, you know, uh, you, know the, you you're not the the right sound of what subgenre of country music is popular right now or the 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 intro uh. to the song's not hooking the listener or or is it more more vague than that?
1: No, it's um it really depends I guess who you show it to lots of times because people have opinions and sometimes you could just take them with a grain of salt, as they say, because we had, we took one song to a producer and he totally changed the intro. And from where I had written it, it was totally different. And then we went to a different record producer with the same song later. And he just like, Oh no, we need to do it this way. And he changed it. Back to the way that i originally had it written and that's the one that ended up going to radio and did really well for us at radio and even in that sense i mean you get you get radio people who are giving you feedback saying that you know your vocals aren't strong enough this isn't strong enough this isn't good here this isn't good there right so people are always giving feedback and i guess that's where you kind of gotta you gotta put your filters on and you kind of gotta decide what feedback is worth listening to and which feedback is maybe just an opinion as opposed to a constructive criticism.
0: Or like you said, there's those conflicting opinions. I think the same is true, let's say, if you're a book author. You you want people to read an early version of the book and you're going to get feedback. Uh, good, bad, constructive, conflicting. At some point, mm-hmm. like you, you've got the vision. Like I think I, there's a parallel, I think, to writing a book maybe where you've got to have a vision. You've got to be comfortable with it. There, there's, a, there's an art or a craft to it is it going to be successful in the marketplace?
1: Yeah. And it depends to whether or not you're trying to be successful in major market stuff, because I'm sure as you know, major market music is pretty cut and dry the same way these days. There's a sound. And when there's a new sound that clicks on and is trending, everybody's doing it. And so, I mean, you can either try to follow those, those patterns and stay up at those trends, or you can stay really true to, yourself as an artist and you can just make music how you want to make music and if you have a fan base that loves it you're good you don't need you don't need to get top hits on radio you don't need to sell out stadiums right it's just it's really a personal preference thing
0: yeah it's more a matter of
1: how you define success exactly exactly don't let others define success for you and don't compare others success to yours because you don't know what their road's been like
0: yeah well, and it seems like there are many different models now. Where um, there's there's uh, one 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 band. Um, it's a, a, a couple that started um, a band called uh, Pompilamus. they kind of an eclectic pop sound. Um, completely independent. They have a YouTube channel. They you know release their songs and, and, and videos, and they sell merchandise. And like they've built this really successful. Uh, business around their band and and their music in a way that doesn't involve the traditional record label kind of deal. Um, And, you know, I've heard a lot of, a lot of cases um, even uh, with, with uh, major label musicians now, like the touring matters so much more than the penny per stream on, on Spotify. Um, But I'm, I'm, you know, so when you talk about touring and, you know, uh, being in the pandemic, did, is is that part of what led to your your transition from uh, full-time music to doing the startup
1: Yeah, actually it was really I don't know, I don't want to call it a blessing in disguise because the pandemic was really bad for a bunch of people and took a lot of jobs and people away, but I mean for me it sort of it was it had its it had its perks in a way that it allowed for a very very natural transition between playing as many shows as we were and doing, you know, I wasn't a full-time musician, but we were doing it lots. It was, it was a second job and it just allowed for a very natural transition from doing that to having all of a sudden all this time to nurture and build this idea that I had, that I had just started working on before the pandemic hit. And I went from having no time to all of a sudden having all the time I could possibly want. And it was just, it was, it was convenient. And it was also, I mean, it was, it was a little bit heartbreaking and sad too, because I mean, we had all of our shows canceled. Um, we didn't really get to, <clears throat> excuse me. We didn't really get to have, have our like our last show and do stuff like that. Or, you know, we kind of didn't get to get our send off like we would have wanted to. And I mean that kind of sucks in a way because these guys are some of my best friends right I mean we're still in contact and all that stuff but it's uh it was definitely a lot easy made it a lot easier than it may have been otherwise
0: mm-hmm. so when you think of what you're doing at song shop, what was your experience as a singer and a a member of a band either did, were were you what on either or both sides of that transaction of, you know, trying to discover and buy a song from somebody else or, or trying to let's say sell a song to others.
1: Yeah. So I guess the way I kind of came up with the idea is we were looking to do a second album and we wanted some outside cuts on the album and we're not from Nashville we're not from LA there's not a plethora of songwriters to choose from everywhere and so i was kind of looking online for a place that i could license songs to record that that didn't require you to jump through a bunch of hoops and there really wasn't anywhere and in the process of looking for one i kind of found that there was a lot of other people who were interested in something like this and i was like hmm this might be a really cool idea So then I went to the old Google machine and I started doing a bunch of research and yeah, there really wasn't anything like it out there. Um, I talked to a bunch of fellow musicians, some mentors, some people who are very well connected in the industry. And as soon as I told them, they were like, that is, that's, you got something with that. And so I found a developer. I hired an entertainment lawyer to help me with all the licensing and all the legalities, terms and conditions, that stuff. So so it's safe for everybody to use the site. And that's kind of how it all started. As it went from there, I had an idea. I, I wrote down a, I wrote out a very poorly out, outlined flow chart, made some really bad drawings of what I wanted to look like, and I uh, walked into a developer's office and we sat down and that's how the whole thing started.
0: So it sounds like there's parallels to a band. There are rare cases where somebody can play every instrument and record their tracks. <laughs> and put it all together as an entrepreneur you've got to have people with different skills that that meld Absolutely. together like a band
1: would right yeah it's a team it's a team mindset i think uh, if you don't have a team you're going to be struggling to get anywhere in life i think i think having a team um that's something that i mean playing team sports growing up was huge to learn to learn early on and then in the band aspect um we were lucky we were actually were a band so we had multiple people to take care of things. Whereas I know lots of solo artists and I don't know how they do it all the time because there is, there's a lot to do. And so, in yeah, starting song shop, I, I definitely tried to go it alone, probably a little bit longer than I should have, <laughs> but I eventually came around to, okay, I need to get some people on my side here because there's a lot more to this than I initially thought.
0: Yeah. So you've got this uh, online marketplace and other than maybe being a little bit easier and and there being fewer hoops to jump through. What what are some of the benefits on on both sides of that transaction for the songwriter and the person looking to to license that song?
1: Mm -hmm. So as far as an independent artist and singer goes, there's really not many places you can go to find outside songs unless you're writing your own. Like there's really nowhere as far as that goes. Um, getting connections to publishers and stuff like that the doors then they're not locked but they're closed and there's a dresser behind them so they're a little bit harder to open and this kind of gives the artists a a really big opportunity to record songs from some folks who have written hit songs right like there's people that have had top top 100 top 50 hits who have their songs on there and Maybe you don't write the best songs, or maybe you do write good songs, but you just want something different. So this gives the artist a, a big opportunity to do that. And in doing that, we don't take any royalties or anything off the top of what an artist makes, which was a huge thing I wanted to incorporate in our business model because I am an independent artist and songwriter myself, and so I didn't want to be taking any money because sure as everyone knows, there's not a ton to be made all the time off the top of, you know, you don't want to be taking fractions of pennies off of pennies because that's just not fair to the creators. Again, I understand how how it goes being an artist and a songwriter myself. And then on the songwriting side, um, lots of times independent writers will license their stuff to artists for free, and they won't really get anything off the top, and they'll only get paid if it's generating income. In royalties which lots of times it takes a while to do so or it may never if you're just you know if you have an independent artist who's not really pursuing a commercial career they're just doing it more or less for a hobby it's probably not going to generate you a lot of dollars and so I wanted to have a licensing system set up so indie songwriters could actually make a little bit of money from licensing songs to other people and in the same breath they keep all their royalties as well song shop doesn't take any of that stuff so that's kind of how I modeled it was after that idea and i stuck true to it and i'm really happy i did
0: yeah and so uh, do i hear you right it's really it's it's a one-time transaction
1: yeah a, a single fee yeah so it's a single fee for a song and then obviously you pay royalties on top of it so if there's so the artist would have to pay mechanical royalties to the songwriter if they sold say a thousand a thousand copies of that song the artist gets, or sorry, the writer gets paid a set amount for each, each sale.
0: Ah, but they're not paying song shop.
1: No, it goes directly to the songwriter. Okay.
0: Okay. And so then your business model is taking a fee for that one-time transaction.
1: Yeah. 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 So the artist pays a fee for that one-time transaction. And then because I'm constantly running ads and advertising and marketing the song catalog, songwriters pay a monthly subscription fee. to do all that
0: cool um yeah well that that so there's there's the there's the it's not again it it reminds me of the band there's um there's the what you do and then there's the business model Mm -hmm. working hand in hand focusing on both
1: yeah yeah it was like i said before it was a really cool way for me to to mesh my two passions into one and it's yeah it's been pretty cool so far
0: well that's that's great i mean one of my other Previous guests, um, Dr. Greg Jacobson, he's an ER doctor who saw a need for some software to help manage the improvement work that they were doing at the hospital. And, you know, voila, he started a software company to Hmm. address that Particular pain point and problem that he knew from his work. So it reminds me of of your stories and other entrepreneurship stories where people just aren't randomly going off and researching different ideas. Like there's there's some pain Mm -hmm. point that you know you appreciate it, you're passionate about it. That that reminds me exactly.
1: Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how I got the idea. Right, I was looking for it, didn't exist. Other people were looking for it, didn't exist, and I was like, okay, that's kind of the person that I am when I when I put my head into something. It's going to be pretty hard to, to stop me from doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, you need that, um, whether it's the band as a startup or um, a, a company like a Song Shop. Um, so maybe one other question for you, Stephen, as, as we wrap up. You know, as you think about, you know, the, the, the challenges of, of trying to uh, grow a band and now grow a business, um, are, are, are there tips that you have for others? Like If, if, if doubt or fear step in, how, how do you overcome that?
1: Oh yeah, there's there was lots of that along the way. So I think keep your vision in mind, keep the end goal in mind. Um, don't let don't let things. It's tough to say. Don't let them get in your way because things always get in your way. But when things are in your way, they are either put there to change your direction because maybe you weren't going down the right path, or because you need to learn a lesson. And just make sure in all of those difficulties or failures or mistakes that you see them as a lesson and just keep moving forward because if you're learning something are they really a mistake are they really you know are they really a difficulty yeah they're kind of a it's teaching you something right so definitely always look for the silver lining and things and don't be afraid to ask for help um nine times out of ten there's somebody that has been exactly where you are before and they figured it out and most people are more than willing to give advice and to lend a helping hand.
0: That is a perfect summary of what this podcast is all about. Everything that you said right there um, that was well put. And and I think especially don't forget to ask, don't be afraid to ask for help or don't forget mm-hmm. to ask for help. Um, like you said, musicians who've come before you or other entrepreneurs that have come before you. So that's uh, I I love the way. You summarize that, Steve. So, again, uh, the company is uh, Song Shop. You can find it online, songshop.ca. Did we establish earlier when we were recording that you're Canadian, or did I just fly right I past that?
1: We may have just flown right past that. We're kind of in a gray area right now. I'm in, I'm in Florida recording this, and I'm from Canada. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's it. There's there's the the mistake. The you know you do the pre-call. We we talked before. Then we talked before recording. Then sometimes as the host, I forget. Wait a minute. What did we say when we were recording <laughs> versus not? Um, so there's an opportunity for opportunity for me to learn and grow. But uh, Saskatoon is actually that's that's uh, yeah a city I've been to before. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's not Toronto or Montreal. It's, it's further west.
1: Yeah, uh, or Vancouver. It's uh yeah, right in the middle-ish. It's the easiest way to explain it if you don't know where it is.
0: Middle-ish. <laughs> um but songshop.ca uh again is the website and is is that open to uh songwriters, musicians in the US and other countries with Absolutely.
1: We have members it? from all over the place. I have members in Europe that are active people in the states, Canada all over. It's kind of it's actually really cool how many people from all over the world are on this thing and reach out to me and are so happy about it. It's, it's bigger already than I ever thought it, it would be when I have international people like that. So I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. Well um, again, uh, our, our guest has been Steve Garine. Um, he, you know, thank you for sharing your stories you know, ab- about the band and about the, the, the startup and um, helping connect some dots here for, uh, for me Absolutely. And, and, and the audience. Thank you so much
1: for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks.
0: Thanks again to Steve Garine for being our guest today. To learn more about him and song shop and more, go to markgraven.com slash mistake 116. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work, and they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com, and again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.